Hi, welcome to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me. Get cozy with a cup of coffee, or sip and savor some tea. Sit back and get ready. Ready to be real and raw. To be uplifted with lightness and laughter. Be prepared to dive deep into concerns about purpose and value, and uncover truths to guide you. Face a God who can help you live life to the full. Join me in drinking this episode's Cup of Conversation. Hey, Angela Therese here with another episode. And this one is going to be about lessons to learn from a duck. As I was thinking about what I wanted to talk on this time, I had all these ideas and was trying to debate, okay, what's best for right now? Jesus doesn't matter. And I couldn't decide. And then I went to my favorite coffee place to get some coffee and some inspiration and sit in a chilly atmosphere. And when I returned, it was raining. And as I walked through my yard to get to my door, I noticed a duck in its nest. So there is a pond not too far from me. It's a man-made pond, kind of like a, it's like a man-made wetland area with this trail around it, but in the midst of like residential. So it's not that odd to have a duck nearby, but I have never ever had a duck made its nest in my yard before. And I noticed this oh, what was it, last week when I walked out the door to go to work and I heard a fluttering of wings and I was like, what? And I looked over and in the yard next to me was a duck. And then I looked to my other side in my yard and there's a nest there. And I was like, hey, a duck made his nest in my yard. And there's, I think I counted 11 eggs And I was like, oh, that's cool. I've got a duck nest in my yard. So anyway, as I returned from getting coffee and noticed the duck sitting in its nest, in spite of the rain, protecting its eggs, and I thought, oh, that's just like God, covering me with his wings. And there are actually several Bible verses talking about being under the shelter of God's wings. And that inspired me, and I figured, hey, why not talk about lessons I can learn from a duck? And there's that idea of being under his wings, like that picture literally in front of me of the duck on its nest, sheltering the eggs from the rain. Another lesson that we can learn from a duck is letting things roll off your back, just like a duck lets the water roll off its back, because its feathers are designed to do that. And I have several thoughts related to these ideas, and I'll try my best to make it all make sense. And you may have heard that expression before, like water off a duck's back, or let it roll off your back, like water off of a duck. It, of course, refers to not letting a situation or another person affect you or phase you, and basically just still remaining strong. And life is difficult and people are complicated and sometimes you feel like you have to do that a lot. 
let things roll off your back. And that is, of course, not easy, but it's possible. And it's definitely more easily possible when you lean on God to do it. And I've been tested in this myself a lot, and lately in a different way. I know I've talked to a few people, and they're also in a season of things are shifting, changing, and it's kind of like, what's going on? What is God wanting me to do? Who am I supposed to be associating with right now? And amidst all that and all those questions, I've had to just let things slide off my back and just remember that God is God and I am not. And even when I don't know what's going on, I can lean on the things that I do know, whether it's just the truth of God or the very basic things that I know for sure I'm supposed to be doing this at least, even if I don't know a whole lot. So I'm doing what I do know what to do. And I hope that sentence that I just said made sense. I think so. Um, and actually, that makes me think of the phrase that I've heard often. You know, when you're in a situation where you feel like you don't really know what to do, do the next right thing, and the rest will follow. And I've been in that season a lot over the last few years. And actually, so this is going on a rabbit trail from the idea of a duck, but it fits here. So I'll go ahead and say it. And <laughs> I said going off on a different trail, and it's literally a story about walking on a trail. So speaking of doing the next right thing, I experienced something while working at a summer camp that is a wonderful analogy. So me and a friend during the training week before any campers were there, um, we had free time after supper, and her and I decided to go on a trail through the woods that led to this big field, and just a little ways out from the trees, there was a fire pit and several logs to sit on, and it was a place where um, we could go with the campers to have like an evening worship and message or just some fellowship time, and the trail I think it was about a 15-minute walk through the woods. And we got out there, and it was just us two, had a good talk. And then we noticed it was dusk, and we figured we'd probably better head back before it got any darker. Well, anybody who's been in a field and in the trees when it's getting dark out, you know that there's a big difference between being in a field at dusk, and being in a forest at dusk. And we got into the trees, and after just a few minutes, we realized it was a lot darker. And we had not brought any source of light with us. Not even phones. We didn't think of it. And uh, so it was just us, and the forest, and Jesus... And we were like, uh, it's so dark, we can't even see the trail. What do we do? And even though we were only about 15 minutes from camp, it was 15 minutes of trail that we couldn't see. So we held hands and quite literally took one step at a time, one very slow step at a time. And we prayed as we went and we were just like, 
God, guide our steps, get us back safely. And we had to tell kind of by feel and kind of guess if we were on the trail or off the trail, depending on if we felt like there was undergrowth coming against our ankles. And what should have taken about 15 minutes took probably 45 or so minutes, I think it was. I will never forget the feeling when we were close to the end and you know that phrase, there's a light at the end of the tunnel? I know what that looks like. We could see the light at the end of the tunnel. There were lights situated on this road that circled around the camp, lights on posts to light up the camp area uh, where the cabins were, and we could see those lights shining through where the trail ended. And we were like, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. We made it. That comes to mind sometimes when I'm thinking of how much I don't know and how I wish I knew where I was going, but I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to take one step at a time and feel it out and pray as I go. And eventually I'll get to where I'm supposed to be. And there's the light. Anyway, so I hope that meandering trail of thought, talking about a, walking along a trail, helped you. All right, back to talking about ducks. So speaking of being under the shelter of God's wings, just like this duck was sheltering its young, in this case where I saw the parent duck sitting on the nest to keep the eggs warm and safe and able to hatch at the proper time, God covers his children with his wings. And there are a lot of verses in Psalms, and there are a few others in the Old Testament as well, but mostly in the Psalms, speaking of being under God's wings. One of them is Psalm 91, verse 4. And in the Amplified, it says, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Now where it says shield and buckler, I looked up buckler so that I could explain that properly. A shield, of course, everybody knows, is what you have in battle to protect you. And a buckler is also a shield, but a much smaller one. So you can think of the shield as being the big shield that you could set on the ground and hide behind to protect you. And the buckler is what you could put on your wrist to use in close combat as a little bit of extra protection. And so God's truth, God's faithfulness protects you and creates a refuge. And I'm sure you know what a refuge is, but as an actual definition, it's a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, from danger, or from trouble. And it also can refer to an institution providing safe accommodations. And synonyms, fortress, haven, hideaway, hiding place, protection, retreat, 
sanctuary, shelter. And I love the sound of those synonyms. That just sounds peaceful. And I'll actually call that the steep on it for this episode. What does that really mean? That God is a fortress, a haven, a retreat, a sanctuary. Think of that as a defining characteristic of who God is. And you might need to break off and disentangle yourself if you've been brought up or been exposed to God being just judgmental or harsh or critical. He does judge. He is described as just and as a judge, but he is not a condemner. He's a lover. And that's a whole long topic that I could explain for much longer, but I won't go into that now. I've talked about that idea in other episodes. But think of God as a sanctuary for you. And you can even ask him to help you see him that way. And what was this parent duck doing? And actually, I was just going to look this up to see, because I think, I mean, I don't know a whole ton about birds and if it's mom or dad who sits on the eggs. According to a couple of things I looked up, I think it's just the mother duck. And that just sounds better to say than parent duck. So I'll just say mom duck. Anyway. <laughs> um, so mama duck I saw sitting on her eggs and protecting them from the rain so they can stay warm and hatch. And God is there for you to do that, to protect you, shelter you, and be a covering over you so you can grow in the way you need to. Be nurtured. And then I was also looking at some information. Apparently, a mother duck sits on her eggs for 20 to 23 hours a day, taking an average of three breaks, each lasting around an hour at a time. Now that is dedication. The nice thing about God, he doesn't need a break because he's God. He's always there. Yes, there are times when it feels like he's not there. That's a whole other topic, but he is there. He's always available for you. And the other idea I was talking about, letting things roll off your back. So I was looking at information on that just to make sure I have my facts correct. And this is actually kind of interesting. So according to... When I searched on Google, I found a website talking about it, and it says, Ducks have a complex system of feathers that keep them warm and waterproof and airborne on those cross-country and intercontinental flights during migrations. Down feathers next to the skin keep ducks warm. Contour feathers with veins that function like zippers aid flight and keep ducks insulated from the water and cold. A gland near their tail, known as... Okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. The uropygeal, that's probably not right, or preen gland, has a wax-like oily substance. Ducks dip their bills into it and spread it over their feathers from head to tail. 
This makes water literally roll off their backs, keeping them dry, warm, and afloat. Ducks are constantly preening to repair feathers and keep them waterproof. And I'm sure all of you, like me, have seen ducks preening, putting this oily substance on themselves. So, spiritually, what does that mean? Well, there actually is scripture that talks about the oil of joy. And I know I've said that verse in a couple of other episodes. Here, let me get it so I say it correctly. So in Isaiah 61, and actually I'll read the few verses before it because it kind of makes more sense with those also. And this fun fact is what Jesus quoted about himself in the New Testament, at least part of this verse. All right, so it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, and the opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of expressive praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So that is what God is all about. Exchanging beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness, and bringing strength. To summarize, so if you coat your feathers, so to speak, coat yourself with the oil of joy, with God's presence, you'll be able to withstand anything. And there are multiple verses that I could say that tie into that idea and I'm not going to say all of them because that would take too long but you could even look up Bible verses related to strength a couple that I will say in 1 Peter 5:10 it says after you have suffered a little while the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely, and strengthen you, and settle you. And in Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul writes, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. And then in the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually, longing to be in his presence. And I'll call that idea the espresso shot thought. 
that if you seek the Lord, spend time with him, let yourself be coated with his presence, with his joy, then the oil of God, so to speak, will coat you, protect you, and allow you to be able to have peace and joy and stability no matter what is going on around you because God will be your stabilizing force. And another lesson you can learn from ducks, community. And the idea of doing things in a group and being social. And you notice this especially when the ducks are young. The little baby ducks and their parents are always close together. They eat together, sleep together. And I'm not saying you can't ever be alone. Jesus himself went off to be alone. Definitely do that. Spend quiet time with God. And also, being an introvert myself, I know that it's very necessary to spend quiet time just doing whatever random thing makes you happy to decompress and relax. But it's also really important to have community and have healthy community both people that are peers as well as people that are spiritual mamas and papas over you who can teach you, help you grow, just like mama ducks help their babies. And also when they fly, like the geese do, they'll fly in formation for protection and to reduce the air resistance around them. There's definitely more protection when you have community around you, both for the sake of having accountability and to remind you of what God's truth is, remind you that you're valued, that you're important, and that God has good things for you, build you up, encourage you. And of course, there is that piece of, like I said, spend time in the secret place with God, get alone with Him, because your relationship with God is your responsibility and you need to hear from God yourself, have your own relationship with him, but balance that with the accountability and the encouragement of good, solid people around you. And I'm well aware that's not always easy to find. I myself have gone through periods where I'm wanting community around me and I can't seem to find the right kind of community. So I know that's not always easy, but... Cry out to God for that community, and he will lead you to it. And while you shouldn't be too picky, because even the nicest people and the most, quote, Christian people, godly people, whatever phrase you want to use, are still human and will not be perfect. And you have to be able to have forgiveness and grace and humility. But also, do be somewhat picky. The people that you're closest to and trust the most should understand who God is, understand what the Bible says, understand who they are in Christ, and you should see good fruit in their life. And now I'm talking about the people you are closest to. Obviously, you know, in the workplace and just in public, you know, there's just all kinds of people. But And yes, associate with them. I mean, Jesus himself associated with everybody. 
And whether you're actively evangelizing or ministering or just out and about or working or whatever, be really careful who you trust the most and who you go deep with. And um, some of that is learning and trial and error, but ask God for discernment and wisdom and putting the right people in your path, and he'll do it. And I think it's that time where the episode has everything in it that I feel like it needs, and I'm going to wrap up with a closing prayer. Thank you, God, that you are a shelter for us, that we can rest, we can find refuge, a sanctuary in the shadow of your wings. Thank you, God, that you provide an oil of joy for us. And Lord, I just pray that every single listener will receive from this episode truths that they need to encourage them, uplift them, guide them. Lord, I pray that the listener will be able to feel what it is to be in your presence as a sanctuary, to feel safe with you, protected by you, loved by you. Thank you, God, for revealing your goodness to every single listener. And thank you, God, for giving the listener wise discernment in who their community is. And Lord, if they don't have any community, thank you, God, that you care about community. You designed us for community. And you are lining up the right community for every listener and bringing them into the right relationships that will help them, guide them, keep them in your truth, encourage them, help them to live out the plans that you have for their lives. Thank you for that, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for angels on assignment for these purposes that I just prayed. Thank you, God, for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me and Drinking It Down to the Last Drop. I hope it gave you encouragement and insight to help you live a fuller life. Be sure to follow and share my podcast. And for updates and links to my social media resources, check out my website, coffeeteagodandme.com. Be blessed.